on today's Run to the Top podcast. Nothing that I do is really that hard. You know, I go to work and I sit at my desk and um, I'm there for, you know, eight to nine hours a day now. And then I go for a run, maybe an hour or something after work. If, If you break up those individual components by themselves, they're really not that hard. Welcome to the Run to the Top podcast from Runners Connect, where it's all about learning from the best and most inspiring minds in the sport. Together, we can train a smarter, healthier, and faster running community. Now here's your host, Stephanie K. Atwood. Welcome. This is Stephanie K. Atwood, Boston Marathon qualifier, coach, and host for the Run to the Top podcast. A relatively unknown runner, Brogan Austin, overcame Pacquiano in the last two minutes of the race in an epic finish to win the California International Marathon, also this year's U.S. Olympic Marathon Championship. Matt Yano held a healthy and unchallenged lead for most of the race, but things changed and the surprise finish involved a major catch-up by Brogan. Let's hear more of this exciting story from Brogan Austin himself after a brief message from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by one of our favorite training apps, Strava. If you don't already know, Strava is the best route discovery and training log app. You can track all your workouts, runs, and other activities and use that data to find new places to run and train smarter. Later in the episode, we'll share more about how we use Strava and how awesome it is. Plus, we're going to give you a free month of Strava's Summit features when you enter the code CONNECT at www.strava.com slash summit. Welcome back to the Run to the Top podcast. I am Stephanie K. Atwood, your host, and we are featuring recent CIM and USATF Olympic Marathon Championship winner, Brogan Austin. Hi, Brogan. Hey, Stephanie. How's it going? Yeah, it's good to have you here. I'm doing good out here in California. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. I appreciate you all inviting me on the podcast. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to talking you about, to you about this. Um, you are marathon champion Brogan Austin and currently a full-time employee who also trains as a professional athlete. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. Um, at the <laughs> age of five, you had an early introduction to running by trying to keep up with your dad's triathlon hobby. His early and persistent dedication to the sport eventually led to high school state titles, the opportunity to compete as a Division I athlete at Drake University, and most recently, the opportunity to run professionally for rabbit running. Overtraining, injuries, and failure to find balance in life held Brogan back from reaching his full potential in college, but that said, he has recently fit all the pieces together, which led to his breakout victory at the USA Marathon Championships. Brogan now has his sights on making the U.S. Olympic Marathon team in 2020. Welcome, Brogan. Hey, thanks, Stephanie. It's so exciting to have you here. It's like I've got to go through this sort of protocol stuff, but I'm really excited to hear, you know, what happened during the race and then that final 
two minutes that um, was like such a change for all of us who are runners. It's really, I'm really looking forward to that. But let's start with our four basic questions. Learn a little bit about you. How old are you now? Where were you born? Where do you live now? And what is your current favorite race distance? You bet. So I'm currently 27 years old. I was born in Seward, Nebraska, but I grew up in Boone, Iowa. I'm currently living in West Des Moines, Iowa. And then my favorite race, uh, so I'm, I'm still attached to the track, but I love the 5K because it adds a nice mix of um, you need endurance, and then there's still a lot of strategy involved. And then ultimately, we get the, the fun kick at the end. So uh, it adds a lot of components to the race, and it's still um, short enough to keep it exciting. So uh, I would have to go with the 5K as my favorite race. That's really interesting you say that because, as you said, it has all of the components. It has the endurance. It has the speed. The strategy part of a shorter distance race for someone at your level must be a lot of fun if you're having a good day. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be a painful day if it's not going well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, so let's jump into your awesome surprise finish and incredible win at the California International Marathon on December 2nd, 2018. The excitement really came in the last quarter mile or so, but give us the lead up to your catching and passing Matt Yano, who led the whole race up to that point. Yeah, so... I would have to say that the race was relatively uninteresting for the the first, you know, two hours of the race. I, I, uh, um, I tell people who are rewatching the race just to skip to the two hour and six minute mark because nothing really happens right, right after the the start. So, uh, as you alluded, uh, Matt Yano took the early lead within the first mile and then things really just settled in. Uh, you know, for for the chase pack and um, even for the leaders. Uh, so, I mean, we just, the, the, the chase pack just worked together for the first, you know, 23 miles or so. And uh, things really started to get spicy, I would say around mile 21. Mm-hmm. A couple, a couple guys uh, picked it up, you know, to try to try to make a move per se, Not, nothing yeah. too strong. No, uh, moods were made, but, um, um, it was enough to drop a couple people. Mm-hmm. And, and for my, my, you know, personal, um, viewpoint, I I'm still relatively new to the marathon. So, uh, I didn't really know what to expect as far as how my legs were going to hold up. And, right. um, you know, as far as cramping or nutrition, I didn't know if I had done enough leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, it was at mile 21 where uh, somebody in the crowd told us that the leader was still two minutes ahead. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that really gave me a mental check just to say, Hey, the leader is significantly ahead and, and I can still see the second and third place guy and, yeah. um, the chase back, we were still reeling everybody in. So, yeah. uh, I, I, I still felt like I had a little bit in the legs, but, uh, I, Definitely was starting to feel the marathon legs of getting heavy and um, things were getting a little bit harder. Yeah, in two uh, minutes. So, I mean, that must sound that's that's a big that's a big lead at at that point in the oh, race. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, we couldn't see him at that point. Yeah. Two minutes was um, too far ahead to even see him. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, Matt Yano is, um, a renowned distance runner. Like he, he, this, this is not his first rodeo. Yeah. Uh, he, he got six at the Olympic trials. So, um, when they said he was two minutes ahead, I, I thought it was a, a sealed deal at that point. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, going for the win didn't even cross my mind. I just was just trying to stay competitive and, um, tried, you know, to finish as, as high as I could, um, place wise. And then also, um, just try to run a big PR. I was on a fast course and it was a beautiful day out, perfect weather. Yeah. And, uh, that was, that was in the back of my mind too. Um, so, you know, at, at mile 23 is when I, I don't know, something told me I needed to, needed to go and, um, you really test go? out. Yeah. Yeah. Really test out how, how much was left in the legs and, you know, just really push myself to, to its full potential. So, um, you know, I, I, I took off and, uh, I clicked off a, a four fifty two mile and I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I started reeling in the second and third place guys. Yeah. And, uh, I, I had that, you know, little milestones along the way. I, I caught the third place guy was feeling good. Nice. And then, and then I caught the second place guy and uh-huh. I looked down at my watch and I, and I hit a four forty five mile and I was still feeling <laughs> wow. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I just, you know, with every milestone, I was getting more and more excited and totally. uh, I was getting closer to the, closer to the finish line and, yeah. you know, was gaining more confidence with, with every step. And, uh, I, I, had no idea that Matt Yano was coming back at that time. Yeah. So we're at 5k to go. Some, I don't know. I just felt the instinct to go at that time uh-huh. and, uh, um, just caught, caught the second, third place guys. And then when I caught the second place guy, it was about a mile to go or so. Yeah. And, uh, I, I saw Matt Yano in, oh in the distance. Oh my gosh. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It was super, uh, I don't know. I'm, I didn't know what to think, but yeah. I was just trying to stay calm and yeah. stay cool and collected. And at that point, I'm, I was still thinking to myself, am, am I going to cramp up or am I, sure. am I going to bonk, hit right. the, hit the wall with, right. with a mile to go? Because anything can happen in the marathon. It's just totally. a, a whole different breed of a race. Yeah. Uh, so I just focused on, um, bringing him in that, that last mile and, uh, tried to pace myself, um, where I had enough time to catch him, and right. then right, uh, just in case he had a kick or whatnot. So yeah, um, you know, everything ended up working out there at the end. Well, also, I mean, you you wouldn't have like you wouldn't have known how much he was slowing down, right? I mean, you you would have had some sense of that, but not exactly how much uh-huh. he was slowing down. And and I I read something and it made a lot of sense to me that he didn't know where you were in relation to him. Cause I think he stopped looking back at mile 23 and that's kind of when you picked it up. Am I, am I right here or am I close to the, the story? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, yeah, we're in the middle of no man's land too. That end. And, totally. Uh, and, uh, so I don't, I don't think anybody was mentioning anything and it probably didn't cross anybody's mind that I was going to catch him either. Like he yeah. had a, fairly significant lead until maybe like three quarters of a mile to go. And then it, wow. the gap really closed. Wow. So, yeah. I don't think anybody foresaw uh, me catching him. So uh, yeah. I don't even think it crossed people's mind to tell him that I was coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, when you passed him, 
it must have been so deflating for him, you know, because he was oh, already struggling. Sure. And then <laughs> you went by. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's nothing more defeating than getting past. I've had that happen to me so many times, especially yeah. when somebody goes by pretty fast. Yeah. It's, it's, it just destroys your confidence. And, yeah. uh, you know, right. and from my perspective, I, I knew that was going to happen to him as well. So right. um, I, I, I tried to puff up the chest a little bit when I went by and try to pick it up <laughs> yeah. and uh, make sure that he didn't think he could try to latch on for that, that last bit there. But nice. yeah, nice. definitely, definitely uh, uh, a tough finish uh, yeah. for him on that point. Now, strategy wise, of course, you know, if you've done a lot of shorter races, then that kind of strategy is so much of what shorter track races are about is really, you know, just being able to get into that psychology part of going by somebody and just totally doing them in. You know, even though you may not have anything left either, but one of you is going to get first and one of you is going to get second. And, you know, if you can just kind of play that mental game. And I, I know you also, I, at least I heard this in what I read, or I saw it in what I read, that you were really wondering if your legs were going to hold out. Yeah, 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 for <laughs> sure. There's, that's, a, that's a big thing in road racing. There's yeah. a lot of, like, bluffing and, and distance running on the road race. Like, uh-huh. I've had a, a lot of races where, you know, there'll be some distance runner who will take it out in, like, a 430 mile, and yeah. I'll be way in the back and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not running that fast. You guys are, you guys are crazy, but uh, they'll end up coming back at the end or, or there'll be even teams like they're in in the Midwest. There's some clubs Uh and uh, they'll have like false rabbits. So they'll have somebody go out really hard gotcha, and then try to try to string you out. And then, um, then their team, their teammates will just, you know, uh, like eat people up there at the end. So you really have to like run your race. And then mm-hmm. there's a, a, another mental component to um, trying to bluff people. I mean, everybody's hurting, but if you can pretend that you're feeling okay, you can <laughs> maybe break somebody earlier and people just coasted in. So, I mean, it's, I've, I've, I've been bro- broken many times yeah. doing that stuff. So I, I've learned just to, you know, run to my potential and, um, uh, just also be smart, like not going out, not redlining too soon and, um, staying under, um, my capabilities. So, well, uh, it's a balancing thing because it's gotta be, there's gotta be some luck in there. There's definitely has to be strategy, but on the day, you know, you never quite know how all of those pieces are going to fit together. So I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. What a, what an awesome victory. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, talk about coaching who coached you. Yeah. So, um, I am currently coached by Tom Swartz. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise known as Tin Man, and uh-huh. he is based out of Boise, Idaho. But okay. we um, we use the Final Surge platform, and mm-hmm. um, you know we have a calendar of workouts. Yeah, and uh, uh, so we communicate via email and this 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 Final Surge platform, or you know we'll we'll call or text each other uh, on occasion as well. So. Mm-hmm. I, I've been working with him and, uh, I, I can't thank him enough. Like I, I, you know, I, none of this would have happened if I wouldn't even have dreamed of this of happening if it wasn't for, for Tom helping me out and, wow. you know, the 
explaining the method to this madness. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know. I just can't express my gratitude to him enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think the right relationship between a motivated runner and a, um, and a skilled coach who can really find your potential and, and also understand a lot of what, what you need help with, how you need it, when you need it, you know, mainly believing in you, I guess, and then having the techniques to bring out those strengths is um, that's a gift when when the two pieces, the two, the runner and the coach come together and they can work that well. So uh, so I'm glad you I'm glad you found a coach that works for you. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's that's uh, like a you know, a newfound discovery for me to, uh, like growing up in high school and college, um, trying to, you know, figure out what training works for me. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I always explore the internet, you know, flow track or Strava or any other exciting platforms to, to figure out what's the the newest training method or what training methods work. And, you know, it's, I, I never really bought into the concept i mean i it, co- coaches are, are a huge component to you know motivating you and like making sure you peak on time or right. holding you accountable to things but right. you know I, I never really truly bought into like the the coach um making the complete athlete uh until you know tom really you know just put me on a whole other level that i ever like could imagine and um, that is something I, as an athlete could have never have done. It was entirely the coach who like just took my, you know, potential, my genetics, my background and, um, really grew it and developed it over a short period of time. And mm-hmm. I, that, that, I don't think that takes talent from, I guess maybe it does a little bit, but I think the, the coaching component was, you know, so huge in me having these massive gains. And, um, that was, that was a huge realization for me. Good. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm ride or die for, for Tom Schwartz now and, um, <laughs> would recommend anybody to him at this point. And you're definitely a team. I can, I can hear that <laughs> you and Tom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah so for sure. now you are, also working full time as well as a professional athlete, and um, how how are you making this work? Because those are kind of two full time jobs, you know, that you're doing at the same time. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's it's honestly not too hard. It's more so about prioritizing things and getting in a good routine for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've I've found a good vibe, uh, and you know. It's also about sticking to your routine. I know there are a lot of um, external distractions and, you know, running 100-mile weeks is not on on everybody's agenda for the week. But, um, you know, finding a routine that works for you and sticking to it is is pretty huge for me. And um, early on after college, uh, I was working for Epic Systems in Madison, Wisconsin, and I was working you know, 60 to 80 hours a week and still trying to, to fit in the running thing. And, uh, I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers and, um, I was, I was complaining about having to run after work and he, and he was like, 
I, I don't understand why, why you're complaining. Like it's, is that, that's not really that hard, is it? And you know, I, I, I'm like, what? I'm like, you're silly. Like, of course it's hard. And he's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's really not that hard. I mean, you, you, you just don't want to do it is what he told me. And yeah. that was sort of a slap to the face. And I, was, mm. and I, you know, mm. seriously reflected on that. And mm-hmm. he was, he was definitely right. It's, nothing that I do is really that hard. You know, I go to work and I sit at my desk and, um, you know, I, I'm there for, you know, eight to nine hours a day now. And then I go for a run, maybe an hour or something after work. If if you break up those individual components by themselves, they're really not that hard. And so like when you add them together, um, mentally it's, you may not want to do it at the time because you'd rather be out, you know, maybe go have drinks with friends or um, sitting and watching Netflix. And, uh, you know, when, when you break it down like that, it's it was kind of an eye-opener for me. And it, it truly isn't that hard. It's just, um, you know, mentally, you'd probably rather be doing something else uh, well, like must, watching a movie. It must be most of your life then. I mean, working working at Berkeley Technology is your job. And then, you know, obviously training at your level is, is a job. So it, that has to be, sure. those two, that has to be most of what your life is about these days. Yeah, for sure. So right now I have a, a much more flexible job. So Good. I probably work around 40 hours a week. And then on top of that, with, with yeah. training, I, I maybe spend, you know, nine, nine to 13 hours a week training. Uh-huh. So if, if you think about it that way, I, I probably spend about 50 to, you know, on a tough week, 60 hours a week. So mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I honestly have a lot of free time still. So nice. at the end of the day, I, I maybe get done running around, 6.30 or 7. And then, um, you know, I, I can still go out to eat with my friends or I can sit down and watch a, a couple of episodes of Netflix or uh-huh. call a friend. Nice. Um, so right right now, I, I feel like I have a, a pretty good balance and good. Um, I'm, I'm able to do the things that I want. I just uh-huh. have to be uh, more deliberate about my time, like being more efficient um, and, and not, you know, procrastinating, even though I do... I do still procrastinate. I'm very guilty of that, but um, <laughs> I, I, I just try to be deliberate about things, I guess. More more planful of things. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that makes sense. And you, you've you got some priorities here that you know are, are what's making things work for you, your work at Berkeley Technology and then also the training. So I'm guessing that you don't procrastinate a whole lot on those once you've decided how you're going to fit them into your week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, I wanted to go into your being a professional athlete and winning at CIM. You earned $20,000 for that from what I read. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the uh, the forecast there. So, yeah, oh, not a, not a bad day. Not a bad day. Although as uh, I was talking to Sarah Crouch, who also um, didn't come in first at CIM by any means, but um, she's sponsored by Rabbit Running and also, you know, has won at a, a level to get paid for doing some races. And um, I'm wondering how this all fits together. Like who actually pays the, the racers money and, um, and what other, what other income potential do you have as a professional athlete? These are questions I'm asking 
mainly so that you can give our listeners some idea of if they're contemplating committing to running professionally, sort of what, you know, what are some of the things they can expect? So another part Mm -hmm. of my question is what makes you a professional athlete? Is this different than an elite athlete, for instance, or, you know, what, what is the, what is the separation between professional and most of the rest of us? Yeah. So I, that was the main question I asked myself too, uh, after, after college was what defines a professional athlete? So, so like, when have you made it uh, as like a professional athlete athlete, or when can I call myself a professional athlete? And there's really no like specific guidelines to that. And so like in the, for football in the NFL, if you're on an NFL team, you're a professional football player. Or like if you're on the Canadian Football League, then you're a CML football player. So it's it's a clear cut uh, black and white line of um, you're pro or semi pro athlete. Whereas you know distance running, it's a very vague line. And uh, <laughs> I, I remember my first race after college was the USA 10 Mile Championship, and I got a, a bib. That was that said. Here are your pro credentials, and I remember taking a picture of it, saying, "Oh, I'm a pro athlete. I got pro <laughs> credentials." So I'm like, "That's when I've made it." But you know, there, there's there are all those little milestones that uh-huh. you know, to to the individual runner just just mean so much. And even even that little lanyard that said you're a pro athlete, I didn't get I didn't get any money. I didn't have any pro sponsorship, but. Uh-huh. I got a lanyard that said uh, pro athlete credentials. So in my book, I, I felt like a pro athlete. I felt pretty cool at the time. And now, uh, was that because you, know, you qualified like for a time thing or something? I mean, what, what was, you know, uh-huh. what, no, you, so you really don't know specifically what, what turned yeah, so you into I, a pro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was, fresh out of college and uh-huh. I had to request to be a part of the U S championship. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I think my background from, you know, my, my previous times or my previous college accolades right. were you know, it indicated that I could do well or compete in the race or make yeah. a difference in the race. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I, I think that was like the barrier to entry to, to, to make it in that race. Interesting. Now, did you still have to pay your race entry fee or because I, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of times you, the pros don't pay the race entry fee. Yeah. So I got a, I got a waived entry fee for that time, uh, but okay. I, I, uh, I had, I had to support myself to go up to the race and then I actually crashed on one of my uh, friend's couches uh-huh. uh, for the race. So, mm. um, yeah, so you're, you're, you're kind of, um, putting your dues in at the beginning uh-huh. and then, um, building, trying to build relationships with race directors and then all the while, you know, trying to get better as a runner right. to, to quantify, Hey, you can provide financial support or, um, Hey, you can provide uh, a, a free hotel room. Right. And with like building yourself up, there's also, uh-huh performing poorly so distance running or professional running has has the fluctuation so if you do poorly one year you're probably not going to get the same respect the next year so um like the usa 10 mile championships i didn't get any support the first year 
but I did well the first year. Uh-huh. So I got support the next year. Nice. And then I did poorly the second year. So I didn't uh-huh. get support the third year. And then mm-hmm. this year, so I think I've run it. Let's see. Geez. I've done it three times mm-hmm. and I've got support one of the times. So, um, it's, yeah, it's definitely like you, I didn't expect to make any money in distance running per se. I, yeah. I did it for the love of the sport and, right. you know, I had these internal goals to get better and never in my wildest dream that I figure I'd be getting a $20,000 paycheck from, you know, winning a marathon. That's, that was definitely, uh, by far the most, I accumulate the past three years of money I've ever made in running. And it doesn't even come close. It's not even half of, of that, um, of what I, I made in that one race. So, um, yeah, not a lot of glamor to distance running, but. Right. I, I think that anybody who I've talked to who is running at your level has, has talked about that, that it's, it's not a way, it's not a way to make a living. Uh, and it's so yeah, hit sure. this that, uh, you know, like you said, with the 10, 10 K, I think you said, was it 10 mile or 10 K where, you know, one year. You, ten mile, yeah. yeah. So one year you did, you got, you got your, some of your expenses paid another year, nothing, you know, it's, it's boy, it's, it's a tough road to hoe. If you're trying to make a living that way, you got to love the sport. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely makes you appreciate it. What you get. And even twenty thousand, when you break it down by the number of miles that you you ran to yeah. get there, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that can come out. You know, if you're trying to do statistics, you can make it sound pr- even worse than maybe. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That's a, that's like first thing my dad said was, "Oh, you you got paid ten thousand dollars an hour for that race." And I'm like, now, I mean, you've, I've been putting in twenty years of work, and so yeah, if you do the math that way, I'm getting, I'm probably getting pennies on the hour not even indeed indeed yeah (laughs) yeah um okay so we want to talk about some of your other goals and some of your other records because i i looked at your bio on uh, rabbit running and it said that in 2018 you said that you wanted to break your own records in all of the distances from a mile to a marathon so how is that going um i it's started very rough i i was not the first half of the year i was running i didn't set a single personal record the, the first half of the year um but the second half of the year has has been going really well um i i pr'd in, in the 10 miler uh i had a five mile pr i had in in my marathon pr and uh we're we're going to get an early jump start on 2019 and uh, start hitting the track, the 3k, the 5k, the 10k. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to knock some of those PRs down. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that we'll be able to do that. So, um, so in short, it was a slow start, but, but we're getting there. All right. Well, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. You don't have a lot of time left. <laughs> 2018. I know. Yeah. Flat in here. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, rabbit running. I would love to hear more about them um, because I, I, as I mentioned earlier, Sarah Crouch also is sponsored by them, and uh, and they're you know they're not that well known. At least they haven't 
haven't mm-hmm. been, and I think they're growing. But tell me something about the sponsorship from them, how that, again, sort of for our listeners to understand how they might be involved with getting sponsored and how you um, got sponsored by Rabbit Running. You bet. So Rabbit is a, a running apparel company based out of, of California. And uh, they, you know, got their start. They actually um, use Kickstarter to get themselves up and running. And they wow. started in 20, 2015. Mm-hmm. So they're a relatively young company, but they have exploded over the past three years. You know, Jill and Monica are, are the, uh, the founders of the company and they've just been the masterminds behind it all. And they, they've really taken it a step beyond just being an apparel company. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, you know, why they've had so much success over the past few years. And, uh, um, so I, uh, after my, uh, debut in the, the marathon and the Olympic trials in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, they reached out and, um, were looking for up and coming runners or runners who were younger and had the potential to, to be something, um, later down the road. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they took a, a big chance on, uh, a lot of runners, uh, I guess it was a, a small group of runners and, um, you know, they, their, their, you know, marketing ploy to us was we're young, you're young. We're, we're trying to grow together and, um, we want to invest in you and, um, and in return, we can, we can grow and help you develop as a professional athlete as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, they have bought into me since the beginning and I've been with them for a couple of years now. And, you know, I was nothing to brag about. Uh, I wasn't a big time athlete and they, they have grown and, um, I've grown along with them and, uh, we had monster success at the, the latest USA, uh, marathon championships. We had, you know, four guys under 215. Wow. Which I would say rivals um, many of the the pro running groups here in in, in the nation. So uh, kudos to them. And, uh, you know, I I mentioned that they've, you know, made a difference by investing in us runners, but they've also created this unique community. And I think that's what separates us the most. They're solely focused on running apparel. Like we're a hundred and ten percent running. We're not focused, you know, Nike or Adidas focuses on soccer and football or all of these other sports, but Rabbit is solely building clothes to to fit the runners. Mm-hmm. And so um with that idea in mind, they um have created uh three different levels of um running groups. So we have the rabbit pros, we have the rabbit elite, and then we have um, a group called rad rabbits. And, um, it, you know, the, the rabbit pros are, you know, sort of, I, I don't, I want to, I don't even want to say it's like the top tier cause our rabbit elites are, are just as great as our rabbit pros. And, uh-huh. uh, but the rabbit elites are maybe the developing group okay. of rabbit. And then, you know, if, if, they reach some success or uh, a higher level of success, then they, you know, transition to, to rabbit pros and maybe get a little bit more support. Mm-hmm. And then the rad rabbits are just 
the, the people or the runners who just love running and um, want to be part of the community. So Rabbit has created this awesome community um, via Instagram and Facebook, and we can all reach out to each other and support each other and follow each other's stories um, nice. for Rabbit. And oh. it's, it's, it's been a really cool experience for, for me. Um, even, even folks who are not a part of, you know, the rad rabbit or rabbit elite or rabbit pro just wearing rabbit. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see, uh, people wearing rabbit, I get super excited and nice. I feel like they get super just as excited as I do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll take pictures together or, or, um, we'll have a conversation right. and it's not, it's not because. You know, this happens everywhere. This happens nationwide. I, uh-huh. I remember, you know, and I've been in Pittsburgh and I've had people cheer. They'll just say, go rabbit. Um, nice. And uh, or like in um, California, um, in Iowa, in Minnesota. Um, I've, I've met um, new runners in the Des Moines area just because we have this unique connection of being affiliated with rabbit. And uh-huh. um I've met a lot of new friends that way. And so I I think it's a really cool way to differentiate yourself. You know, people can wear Nike singlets and it doesn't really say, I mean, you're just wearing Nike apparel. Whereas like if you're wearing a rabbit apparel, Uh it it really says that you're invested in running or you're like, you really care about the running community. And it also, it's a, a way to bond with other people. And nice. I don't know, it's been a really, really cool experience being a part of this group. Yeah, I, Excited to, to continue being with them. Now their website, I know they have a few different ways to get into their website, but it, yeah, it's called uh run and rabbit is the HTML. So run and rabbit.com, but R U N I N run in rabbit. Okay. R U N I N R a B B I T.com. Yep. Correct. But they are, the, the company itself is just called Rabbit. Rabbit. Okay. So, yep. Just called Rabbit. Yep. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So people can search for that online if they uh, if they want to or go to their website. Um, now, um, I also took off of their website uh, and your bio there a couple of quotes that you've made. <laughs> One was "Run, Forest, Run." Would you talk about that? <laughs> oh man. This I'm sure every runner can relate to this. This happens like whenever you're out running, it's yeah. people make fun of you or they have some unique comment. But always is like run forest run. I hit, that's the number one hit I get is run forest run. Is yeah oh yeah for sure. And <laughs> I'm always like yeah yeah y'all are so unique. But but. Uh, yeah, so it always cracks me up when people say run for us, run. <laughs> All right. And then your other one was certainly more uh, thought-provoking, and that was pain lasts a day, but regress lasts a lifetime. Yeah, so that's, that's like my go-to phrase. Yeah. Are you using that sometimes when you're running? I like to remind myself of that before yeah. the race. So, yeah. uh, so many times, you know, when you're running – and somebody makes a move, you know, that mental game that we touched on before you're like, Oh man, this hurts quite a bit. And you usually let the, let the folks go. And so, um, it's a, it's a, you know, a lapse of judgment of saying this hurts. I'm not going to let them, I'm like, I'm going to let them go. But if, if you like are deliberate about, you know, when the pain comes, embrace the pain, 
and uh, they're hurting just as bad as you are. Yeah. And so that pain lasts a day is, you know, embrace the pain for the day. And uh, if you don't go with them and you like do poorly, you don't do as well as you want to do, then right. that regret is always going to eat you alive. Yep. And so uh, I, so many times after a race, I'm like, I'm always kicking myself. I'm like, why didn't I make that move? Or like, I should have done this. I should have done that. And uh, you got to embrace the pain and you're not going to make or have any regrets after the race. So that's something I always like to, to hammer in and always like to iterate and, and think about before my race. So when that move does go, I don't have that lapse of judgment or second guessing myself. Yeah. And I just go, go ahead and go with it. And, and you certainly use that this December with your CIM national champion yeah. marathon championships, so, you know, pretty, yeah. pretty big, pretty big success there. So we yeah. are getting, yeah. we're getting close to the, um, the end of this part of the interview, but, um, I have a, again, a kind of a general question, um, what advice do you have for people who might be serious about training for the Olympics or becoming professional athletes? Where do they start? What does it take logistically, talent-wise, and time-wise to get to that level? You bet. So my biggest thing are for the people who are considering quitting the sport. I, I know there are so many talented athletes in the NCAA or just even out of high school that, you know, don't pursue the sport later on in life. And for me, I had success early on, you know, I, I, you know, was a state champion in high school and was able to do fairly well in college. But I also had a four year stint where I wasn't running well. I was injured. I was, you know, I had a chronic anemia, I had mono, or I had some other ailing injury. And, uh, you know, I would go years without a PR and that was extremely frustrating. And, you know, I wanted to quit several times and there was just something deep inside of me that, that told me to keep going. You know, I, I, I knew internally that I had more potential and, um, I think I would have been frustrated with myself if I would have given up. And, uh, I was actually talking to one of my sprinting coaches and, uh, he, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm quoting him on this, but he's like, uh, you're, you're like a rapper. You, you put in the time for 15 years, nobody knew your name and you finally got your platinum album. And that's, I feel like that's exactly how I felt too. I, I, I put in the hours and, you know, I worked really hard and I never gave up. And I finally had this breakthrough race and, I, I just want to iterate that to all the runners who are, you know, injured right now or they're frustrated or things aren't going well. Just keep being deliberate about figuring out what went wrong and then being deliberate about changing the things that went wrong or exploring yeah. new options. And uh, if I would have given up running and, you know, never had this opportunity, I, you know, I maybe life goes on, but I'll forever be able to say I'm a national champion. And it was all just because, you know, I was persistent and kept trusting the training. Wow. And, uh, you know, this is like one of the greatest accomplishments of my life. And, yeah. um, if I, if I would have given up, I, yeah. I never, never would have 
been able to experience this. So it couldn't have happened if you'd given up. Yeah, it it definitely wouldn't have happened. So, you know, just keep, keep working hard. And, um, you know, if you get injured, keep cross training and keep, keep grinding away. And, and hopefully, uh, your big day will come too. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. That really is quite profound. I, I'm always amazed at um, <laughs> people under 30 or, you know, people <laughs> in their in their teens, too, who have really thought some of this stuff through and have committed a lot of their heart as well as their body to making these things happen. So you really helped clarify that in, in both ways, emotionally and physically, where you are with, with your running. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share with us before we change gears? I mean, if anybody wants to reach out to me or ask questions or, you know, they're having a tough time with training too, feel free to reach out and I'd love to help or answer any questions. If you're not already on Strava, you are missing out. Strava is the fitness tracking app for athletes. It's fun, informative, and keeps you and your friends fit. Literally millions of people use Strava to track their runs, rides, and workouts, and connect with others. Strava is free to use whenever you go for a workout, but there are also a few extra special summit features that are really amazing and only cost a few dollars a month. As runners and coaches who love data, their analysis pack is truly awesome. The analysis pack breaks down data from your GPS devices, heart rate monitors, and power meters to deliver deep performance analytics. But even better, the data is presented so it's easy to understand and apply to your training. For example, we use their workout analysis to give us an easy visualization when analyzing our workout splits to make sure we're working out in the correct zone. It's made reading our training data so much easier and more effective. And the best part is that for a limited time, Strava's Giving Runners Connect listeners a free month of Summit features. All you need to do is visit the URL at www.strava.com slash summit, S-U-M-M-I-T, and use the code CONNECT, all lowercase, when you check out. You'll get a free first month. If you want to get the results you deserve from your training in 2019, there's no better way or better deal to start your new year. Welcome back with Brogan Austin, surprise winner of the 2018 USATF Marathon Championship held at the California International Marathon. We are approaching the final kick, and Brogan, you clearly understand what a final kick is, so... I can bring it bring it on. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So, what is a favorite local training run in Des Moines that um, our listeners could come and do if they were in the Des Moines area? My favorite run is, is the long run, and um, it's, you know, it's because of this undulating course that rolls through uh, the countryside, and uh, it's, it's a very tough course. So if I were to recommend somebody, you know, get a sample mm-hmm. of, of my training or, you know, also my favorite run, I would, I would tell them to 
park out at DMAC West Campus. So DMAC is a Des Moines area community college okay. out in West, West Des Moines, and it, and it runs parallel to a gravel road. And if you park out there and just start running west, you'll start running into some hills. So that, that would be my, my top spot to run. Okay. And how far are you running or how far can they run maximum? And then can they just turn around? And do you, is it just an out and back kind of a course? Yeah. So I'm very boring in that sense. I, I love to do out and back. So I usually do out and back and uh, um, for that long run as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you can go out forever. You you the, <laughs> the gravel roads will just, you know, just keep on rolling. So wow. Yeah, I, I think I've, you know, maybe, I guess I've done a 24-miler 20, out there. So uh-huh. God bless anybody who goes farther than that. <laughs> Any place that you can stop and get water or, uh, um, you know, uh, yeah, I guess that would be it, especially water on a lot yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. so there's uh, a small town uh, called Boonville that you'll run through if you if you head straight west. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a tiny cafe there that you can usually steal some water. Otherwise mm-hmm. it's just you, you and the, the cornfields out there. Yeah. And no, are there, are there any water troughs out there for, <laughs> for critters? No. <laughs> they desperate? <laughs> no, there's a stream, but I don't know if you want to drink out of that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So we've got a favorite run. Then, um, how about a favorite or recommended running or running related book yeah so you know going off of what I, I mentioned earlier of just keep on trying and and you know struggling through things and then hoping for your big breakthrough so this actually um I I so this was during um when I got injured one time and uh-huh. I was on this stationary stationary bike and I would you know crank out two hour sessions and I was absolutely losing my mind. So I needed to find something, find something to do. So I stumbled upon the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. Uh-huh. And uh, this is by far one of the most life-changing books I've, I've read is wow. the autobiography of, of Benjamin Franklin. And it, it just, he purposely wrote about his earlier, like his early trials and tribulations of, mm-hmm. you know, struggling and going through tons of failure and he ultimately didn't have success i think his first success he was like 35 or 40 years old um but he you know he had a mission and he was deliberate about that mission and he failed so many times and uh the autobiography of benjamin franklin um goes through his like early childhood and you know all the struggles he had and so that book has always been very relatable for me. So yeah. that, that's, that's also one of my favorite things to do now is whenever I see Benjamin Franklin, you know, museum or statue, I, I make a point to go, go check right. it out. Um, right. So he's, he's a really interesting guy. All right. And I wonder, it might even come in audio format so you could take it on a run with you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly how I listen to it. So I, that's what, when I was biking. That's that's the book I was listening to. So. Oh, very cool. Okay. Um. So a humorous story to share about running. Uh. Hum- okay. So. Uh. Along with the run for us run, you con- you always so there's always somebody who gets mad at you for running for I don't know what reason, but. <laughs> 
there's also people think it's fun to throw stuff at you. So I, I've, I've been nailed in the face with a snowball before. Whoa. And, uh, the, one of the most unique things is I've gotten a, a slushy thrown at me, but it's, it's all in good fun. They're, we're all just having fun out there. So I, I don't take anything too offensive. So I think it's all funny. <laughs> okay. Well, that is, those are <laughs> the slushy. What flavor was it? It was red, so I'm assuming some cherry. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay, is there someone or some subject about running that you would like to listen to in a future podcast here on Run to the Top? So I'm I'm going to give a shout out to Tom Schwartz, Mr. Tin Man. Yeah. He's the the genius genius behind you know my training, and he's had a, a lot of success with you know Drew Hunter, the the high school phenom, and. Uh, you know, most recently, Sam Parsons and and Reed Fisher and uh, Morgan Pearson, who's been doing really well in the triathlon scene. So nice. he's had tons of success with his coaching, uh-huh. and uh, I, I I feel like he would be um, an interesting um, person to interview. I guess I should also throw out there. Um, the, so the weekend I won the marathon, he also won the high school national championship. Uh, for the boys, so I think their the, the high school team is called Walden Valley. So he helps coach that team, and then he also a week later won the USA Cross Country Championships, the club cross country wow. championships. Wow! So his his uh, so he had three national titles. Yeah. In a span of a week, so oh, the that- man the man is a genius. That would be great. Okay, I'd love that. Um, so we are now at the end of uh, of this portion of the of the podcast. We do want to get contact information from you about how our audience can follow your progress and tell us at the same time: is there any big race? I know your overarching goal is 2020 Olympics, um, being able to get in this uh, in the U.S. team, but. How about now? What's coming up in the, you know, in the near future or something big? And then also, how can we, how can we follow you? You bet. So I will be kicking off the season at the Washington Husky. Actually, it's the University of Washington preview um, out in Seattle. So I'm going to start with a 3K and that's on January 12th. So that's coming up quick, quick, uh, quite a quick turnaround. But uh, uh, the goal for the spring season is to run a fast 10K on the track. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I'll be running the USA Half Marathon Championships. So I'll, I'll be trying to participate on in the USA Championships wherever I can, okay. um, where, whether it's the 15K Half Marathon and Cross Country Championships coming up. Good. And then you can uh, keep up with me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And you should be pretty safe uh, searching Brogan Austin. Um, but I think my Instagram handle is brogan.austin. Okay, well, um, Brogan Austin, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And um, thank you, our audience, for joining us for today's podcast at Run to the Top. Be sure to follow us at the Runners Connect Winners Circle on Facebook by going to runnersconnect.net slash FB. And please subscribe to Run to the Top podcast at runnersconnect.net or on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. You'll be notified every week when a new episode is published. 
Rogan Austin, thank you so much. This has been so much fun and wishing you much success with your running and your life goals. Here's to the 2020 Olympics. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. And um, finally, thank you, each of you, for listening. We'll be back next week with another great talk to entertain, educate, and inspire you as you head out on your running workout. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Run to the Top podcast from runnersconnect.net. 